Okay, wake up in the morning and I go and get the paper. Gotta get the paper. Every morning, gotta go and get the paper. And a nice cup of coffee. Hey, welcome back, Geek fans. We're talking Wolverine, Alien, and a whole lot of Batman. Stay tuned for the Raving Geeks. Several papers and I'll read them all twice so I can recite them to you backwards, son of night. Hey, welcome Central Michigan University. My name is Ben Solis. My name is Master Blaster. Master Blaster, and you're listening to The Raving Geeks. We've got a uh, whole mess of news and uh, cool Batman stuff coming up for you. So let's hit, let's hit this news here pretty hard. Yeah, okay. what do we got going on, man? Well, uh, interestingly enough, everybody knows that uh, Hugh Ekman's tenure as Wolverine is shortly coming to an end. Uh, he will be in one more Wolverine standalone movie. He's going to appear in X-Men Apocalypse, and there's hope. Hope maybe that he might have a cameo in Deadpool, but that's a long shot, real big long shot. Mm-hmm. So everybody's kind of wondering, you know, what are we going to do now when the guy, the guy who has been the guy for so long. For about, what, 15 years? Yeah, close to X-Men that. X-Men came out in like 2001. Mm-hmm. Clearly, like the imprint of what we believe Wolverine looks like on screen is not going to be Wolverine anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's happy about that, but that begs the question, man. Who's going to fill the shoes? Who's going to put the claws on? You know, it's uh, it's kind of weird that we're getting to this point now where we're almost about to see the first turnover of, like, a lot of these guys. Like, there's been a couple of Batman sure, over yeah, the years. Yeah. Sure, But that's, like, the only... I mean, Spider-Man, too. There's been two Spider-Men and about to be a third. Even still, there was, that was for, like, a, kind of an extended period of time, even yeah. with the Tobey Maguire stuff, right? Right, So yeah. that, makes, that makes sense. But this guy's been around forever. But we're going to... Yeah, we're going to be losing Hugh Jackman. We're probably going to lose some of the Avengers pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark... Or, uh, I'm sorry, Robert Downey Jr. Who was just Tony Stark. Essentially, yeah. Essentially Tony Stark. Uh, yeah. He's running out of time, too. I mean, it's weird. These guys are, like, the iconic versions, especially, especially Hugh Jackman. You know, it's kind of funny because he doesn't really look like what people wanted him to look like when he was first cast. Oh, yeah, it was really bad. That first, I mean, even the first movie was kind of just goofy looking. Yeah, the hair. They've been trying to figure out the hair. <laughs> he had, like, curls before. He yeah. looked more like, like, a, like a Whoville character. It gets, like, a little bit more. And then by the Wolverine, or no, I'm sorry, by X-Men Origins Wolverine, it's just, like, I don't know, like, it's just big, just real big hair. He, they kind of lost the curls. But it's interesting if you want to look up different pictures of him in the different movies. The, the, evolution, the evolution of on-screen Wolverine. Of his hair, yeah. yeah no, that definitely. and the Mission Impossible series, they have some great hair from movie to movie. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, well, you got to look at the, like, the, the strata of Mission Impossible, right? That yeah. lasted for so long. Yeah, it's still going, too. They're talking about starting up a, uh, a new trilogy after this newest one came uh, yeah, yeah. out. With but, Tom Cruise, too, or with new people? Yeah, with Tom Cruise. Wow. I mean, he does one every, like, couple of years. Every, like, five or six years, it seems to be a new one coming out of those. Yeah. But, yeah, for Wolverine, I mean, Hugh Jackman, he's, like, 6'1". Typically, Wolverine, he's, usually like, a really short, stocky guy. I think Bob Hoskins, actually, was, like, yeah, on the short list for I, that. I did hear that, which would have been ridiculously stupid. Yeah. Because, like, the way he's portrayed now is, like, this, like, handsome you know really ripped guy but like in the comics for a while he was just like this smelly hairy canadian guy yeah he was just a bum you know what i mean yeah yeah totally well Jack so, kind of made him sexy again i guess oh no, yeah no they tried to and they did and they succeeded with hugh jackman as as the wolverine so yeah. who could who could fill these shoes uh he's got a, he's got a suggestion his suggestion in a recent interview with uh, mtv uh purported that he thinks that tom hardy would do a pretty damn good job Tom Hardy's name gets thrown around for a lot of different things now. It does. Like he's a little superhero. oversaturated. Yeah. Way oversaturated. Because he was in the Suicide Squad. and you Now know, he's, he's not, Bane. but still, yeah. And he made a comment, too, that if they were to do Bane in this new, uh, like, Snyderverse, or people calling it that, I guess. He'd be totally down. He said he would be down to do Bane for that, too. That's, yeah. that's I feel like so there's, funny. There's some other things they've been trying to get him for. He's Mad Max, which is another, like, really big, uh, nerdy 
policy, you yep, know? Exactly. Uh, they're working on a Al Capone biopic. They've been working on this for a while, and they really want Tom Hardy to be Al Capone. Yeah. So, I mean, you got, you got all this, like, gangster stuff, too. He's one of those, like, big-name Hollywood guys now, you yeah. know? He's, like, a, a commercially viable success. I don't know. Do you think he looks the part, though? No, not at all. Yeah. That's, my, that's my only stipulation. And plus, since I know Tom Hardy so well now, you know, I would just see Tom Hardy in some really, like, bad cosplay. I, what roles has he really ever had like much facial scruff or um i mean yeah quite a bit i mean I'm trying to think i mean in mad max he definitely did yeah i'm, I'm talking like full-on wolverine full-on wolverine beard because yeah, um, the hair and the sideburns are a big part of it it's like the costume has to look right on the guy yeah i don't know man I, i'm not trying to think uh lawless he was pretty clean shaven um i'm trying to think in in bronson he had a little uh soul patch Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, he—I've seen him with with a with a big beard though before. Okay, know? fair enough. He maybe. can rock it. I just don't know that he looks the part. Yeah, so yeah. we'll we'll see. But there's there's that news hit for you guys. Do what you want with that. It's all speculation. And uh, even even Jackman said like, "What do you want me to just to give the studio what they want?" I'm like, "Oh wow, he's got a good idea. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go with that. We're gonna replace you." But uh, coming up next, uh, Prometheus. Malachi, did you see Prometheus? I did. I actually kind of enjoyed Prometheus, at least the first time I watched it. I think you and I caught it on TV one time when we were visiting a friend, and you guys like were not into it. Yeah, it was. It's a little bit of a goofy movie. I pers- I personally do like it too. Um, it's strange. I don't think it's m- much of what many of us Alien fans wanted and what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, there was all this kind of talk of it being a direct prequel in the beginning, as the you know promotion started rolling out. Really, Scott kind of backtracked even after the movie was created. Like, well, it's kind of not a prequel it's it's sort of a prequel and when you see the movie you totally understand that because i mean there's some elements of alien there but it's a completely different story mm-hmm. um that being said he wants to continue making sequels uh they were pretty cool about that uh also in parallel neil blumkamp from uh the guy who created Chappie, the guy who created um district nine district nine which is a fantastic sci-fi movie um is doing alien five uh so there were these talks between him and ridley scott trying to say okay do I have your blessing? Yes, I have, you have, I have your blessing. Uh, can we make these two universes kind of interact with each other now? Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the consensus of, okay, how are we going to marry these two storylines? Um, so now he has come out with the name of the sequel to Prometheus. You ready for this? Sure, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Alien Paradise Lost is the new is the new name. That's kind of a cool name. It is kind of a cool name. And, I mean, it's the obvious alien homage, you know. Yeah. Um, which is really strange. Kind of don't know where this is going to go now. Well, I had heard that the whole plan for this movie was uh, Michael Fassbender's robot head and the only surviving lady scientist like, yeah, yeah. having adventures, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what's the plot for this? Well, if you're going based off of what you know about the last movie, they are headed toward the actual planet where the engineers... you got to see the movie because we all use a different terminology for it, whether they're space jockeys, engineers... Uh, but in this in this universe, they're engineers, the people who created the aliens, mm-hmm. created life on the planet, if you want to go there. Uh, they're looking for those people, trying to, you know, get some answers out of them. And that seems like a cool, I mean, cool prospect, but yeah. I, I just don't know where it's going to go. But at the same time, a lot of people are freaking out. They think this is going to really tank 
Alien 5. Whatever, dude. You know, there have been way more misses than hits in the Alien franchise oh, anyway. Sure. Oh, sure. Alien and Aliens were really good, but Even after Aliens that... Even Aliens is goofy to me. I really liked it, but yeah, it, it's it's got like, some goofy moments in it. I can see that. I mean, it's got that kind of 80s cheese sometimes. Yeah. Game over, man. <laughs> yeah. Game over. But it was also the first movie to do that. So like, I don't know, maybe we've been tainted because they've made fun of that particular and some things in that movie in general. Sure. And but uh, You're talking about then Alien 3... And then yeah. Alien Resurrection. And Alien versus Predator, sure, which yeah. is great popcorn flick, but like really you're gonna say the franchise will be tanked because of this. I think it already kind of was. <laughs> it's it's already in the crap. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. What's the whole point of Aliens Five? Have you heard any well, plot details um, on that? The, the big talk of it was is that while they were creating while they were directing Chappie, um, obviously uh, Sigourney Weaver is in that movie. Yeah. Um and Neil and her were having these kind of conversations just about Alien, because like I Neil is a big Alien fan. You know, to be working with Sigourney Weaver, how could you not ask those questions? Like, mm-hmm. hey, so what did you like and not like about Alien? I'm surprised that she's still on board at this point. She's usually, like, pretty gung-ho to do these movies. She really is. Well, I mean, in these movies where she is, like, the franchise runner, something like Ghostbusters or, you know, Alien specifically, where she's, the you know, the main role. Yeah. Um, I think she has a lot of respect for that. I think she's got a lot of respect for the science involved. I think she's got a lot of respect for the fan community. Um, so I think that's what keeps her going. I think they're intriguing flicks. Um, but yeah, Neil did ask her, you know, what, what do you, where do you see Ripley's character going after Alien 2? Let's forget that Alien 3 happened. Let's forget that Resurrection god-awful movie happened. You know, where do you see Ripley next? And she gave him a lot of good ideas. And based off of those ideas alone, they're like, we have a movie here. Hmm. It's something we could do. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting point. I, I, I don't know. A lot of people think this is like a reaction to the marriage of these two storylines, a lot of people think it's a rejection and it's just going to make Alien 5 go away, which would be awful. You know what, though? I mean, like, it wasn't a surprise to anyone that Prometheus had connections to aliens you know, or to Alien. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was pretty much billed as, like, an alien prequel the entire time they well, were doing the marketing for it. Thematically and, uh, and visually, for sure. I mean, obviously, they did a couple of different things where they didn't address xenomorphs completely i think that's what yeah. everybody wanted everybody wanted these like grand explanations of what these xenomorphs it, it was really a little were. i mean it kind of did though like if you if you expanded it a little bit and you kind of thought about it they didn't give you like outright but you could kind of draw your own conclusions which i guess is what frustrated everybody in the first place is that you had to kind of draw your own conclusions for a lot of the stuff but i really like the uh the ambiguity of the movie and mm-hmm. i like the mystery behind it and the aesthetic was really cool but like I, I thought it was kind of cool that we like saw the aliens in a different version and not like the iconic that we had kind of thought because that's not really that scary anymore. No, I mean, it's not. that's been like posted all over the place. I've seen it too much now, but to see like that giant squid thing and mm-hmm. like the uh, the dog kind of alien, like that was kind of cool. And that's the thing too is that's also I think the, the 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 general suspense of being on an alien world and not knowing what's around you. Yeah, just unsettling. Atmosphere. In many ways, that was what was so scary about that first Alien movie. You you barely saw the actual xenomorph on the ship a whole lot. You you didn't see that until Aliens and then well after in these other Aliens movies where they kind of made these big monstrosity Geiger aliens. And uh, yeah, I think that's really special. So yeah. I don't know. I'm excited for it, actually. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. So the next up, this has got my, my heart all in a bind. Malachi, yeah, I'm I'm probably gonna cry after this podcast. I feel like we say that a lot. <laughs> I cry a lot after this podcast. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Mondo Tease, Mondo Tease, a fine purveyor of uh, prints and teas, is releasing a vinyl box set of records, mm-hmm. episode scores for the Batman animated series. Sixteen episode scores, the finest uh, sixteen episodes you have out of the lot. 
are getting pressed onto vinyl uh, with special album art of each character. And uh, also you get like a booklet and some mug shots of like each character too. Uh, there's only a limited number of copies of this entire box set. It is 1,200, 1,200 copies that you can pre-order right now if you go to mondotees.com. Uh, I'm going to order like five because <laughs> these look great. They're that fantastic. sounds really cool. What are the episodes? Um, the episodes are Heart of Ice, uh, Deep Freeze, um, some of the more, I guess, I don't want to say deeper ones, but they're definitely um, Heart- some, of the, some of the more well-known episodes. Yeah, Heart of Ice is the one that everybody kind of lauds when they talk about this show. Absolutely. It's the most dramatic. Um, they have the the two Man-Bat ones with a really cool like kind of Man-Bat cover. I mean, yeah. if you take a look here, Malachi, look, look, look at these real quick. Look how sick those are. Oh, yeah, those are really cool. They Beware the Grey Ghost, that's a really good one. On Leather Wings was the first episode that mm-hmm. they released. Yeah, it looks like they have some episodes with the Joker in them, obviously, because yeah. you, you kind of have to. Of course. So they're, they're going full board, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we'll make sure that we set up uh, pictures of this on our Facebook. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at RavenGeeks.com, or RavenGeeks Twitter. Uh, but, yeah, that's I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm a huge vinyl fan, man, huge vinyl fan, so this is going to be great. Yeah, I'm not really... I'm not a, a consumer of that kind of media, but I can, I don't know. You I can appreciate go, would it. I you suppose. would you put those on your wall though? Yeah, I mean, if I came by your house and we listened to them, that would be pretty cool. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Cool. Well, uh, speaking more Batman, uh, last week we delved into something that we we kind of dug uh, a new segment. We're trying new segments each time, and we're gonna continue those going through. But uh, we talked about great beefs in comic book history. Uh, the epic beef between Jack uh, Kirby and Stan Lee was chronicled last uh, episode to some length, mm-hmm. some uh, going on. Check it out. Yeah, check it out. But this week, we're delving to another one. We're jumping on the other side, jumping on DC's side. To talk about DC's original dynamic duo, Bob Kane versus Bill Finger. And I think after this, we've got all kind of the big four original kind of creators that you think about when you think of DC and you think of Marvel, right? Absolutely. And the big two beefs, really, you know, the ones yeah. that everyone really kind of knows. The biggest two. Uh, the reason why we're bringing this up is because if you, if you saw in the news about five days, days ago that it was announced that Bill Finger, the co-creator of Batman, this, the secret co-creator of Batman, is finally going to get his due on title cards and end credit sequence of Gotham, show Gotham, and Batman vs. Superman. Which is huge, because if you look at all of this stuff, all the media for Batman since 1940, since 1940, it has said solely created by Bob Kane, mm-hmm. uh, which many people who know Batman very well know that's a, an outright lie, uh, kind of a foolish lie, because unlike Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, who both had a lot of contributions to the characters, you might dispute who created what, but they did contribute a lot to the characters, Bill Finger basically created Batman. The Batman that we know and love today, all the elements, all the characters, all came from Finger's mind. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and uh, go into that. But uh, it's, it's huge. It's unprecedented. It's unprecedented that finally in our lifetime we're going to see this guy get his, get his due. I mean... Yeah, I mean, for a long time you would see created by Bob Kane, and for those of the people who know this story, it was like, I don't know, it just would always leave a bad taste in your mouth. Because basically... I mean, like, like you said, Finger, I don't think he came up with the name Batman or no, like the, I- the idea to do a Batman comic book, but he l- literally came up with all of the things. You look at Batman, you look at like the pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you look at like the Batmobile and you look at his supporting cast and you look at his, you know, the way that he kind of does things. And his villains. And his, yeah, a lot of his villains too. And those were all created by 
by Finger. And Jerry Robinson. Right. But mostly by Bill Finger. He wrote most of the stories. Heck, he drew most of the stories. Bob Kane barely wrote or drew anything. Yeah. In fact, he had a lot of ghostwriters. It's pretty funny. Have you ever seen uh, the concept art that Bob Kane did for Batman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually have it pulled up here on my laptop right now. Let's uh, let's take a look at that. It's uh, pretty goofy. It's it's just like a guy in like a red. He's like some blonde guy in like a red costume, like red tights, and he's got like a domino mask, and he's got like some goofy like cape kind of thing, right? Goofy uh, leather kind of wings. Yeah, I don't really have it in front of me right now. Yep, he's got a yeah. So you're you're right. He's got like a red uh, unitard on. Uh, got some goofy boots. He's the Batman with a with a hyphen in it. Um, it's a pretty bad sketch, but yeah, that's what that's what he was originally going to be like. There was a, a comic strip that I saw. It was a jokey comic strip of what would Batman be like without Bill Finger? Mm-hmm. And it had this 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 red-suited character. You know, it was like, hey, I caught a criminal, blah, 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 you know? Takes him to the cop shop. He's like, you wouldn't happen to have a commissioner lying around that could take care of this? <laughs> it was like, no, no, we don't have any of those. Yeah. None of those around. You know, it's like, what about uh, blah, 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 blah? And he's bringing up all these obvious tropes of Batman, and they weren't around. It was really funny, and it was, it was striking, because it's how, how different all of this would have been if Bob Kane was the sole creator of Batman. We probably wouldn't be talking about this right now. Yeah. You know? Um, But yeah, it's an interesting story, so we're going to dive into it. And it begins in 1939. It begins in 1939 when they were working on the first comic. Uh, Both Bob Kane and Bill Figger had been working off of a short synopsis that Bob Kane created. Uh, Didn't really have all the elements filled in. Didn't have kind of a setting, kind of where it was going to go. And Bill Figger did kind of draft all that out. They had the comic, they had the first story, it looked good. They put it out there, and it was starting to get ground, starting to get some traction. Uh, people liked the ideas, um, especially since it was so different than something like Superman. You know what I mean? You've got a regular man in a cape fighting crime. Uh, there was something endearing about all of that. And it was, a, it was a tie between the kind of pulp comics that you were seeing at the time, a lot mm-hmm. of like the adventure comics. We had an episode last year where we talked about a lot of the war comics and everything, oh, yeah, too, yeah. like Sergeant Fury and all those things. Um, and like the comic, or I'm sorry, uh, the cowboy kind of, it was, he was like a cowboy superhero that was like also put in the same kind of area that they were doing a lot of these fantastical, ridiculous superheroes. Um, you know, he's very obviously influenced by Zorro when we get to that later. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's pretty interesting that they just took a normal guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a great point is that they did kind of meld all these different ideas of genre into one thing. Uh, so as it was getting uh, getting some traction, at the same time, Superman was already huge, um, and DC was negotiating a deal with uh, Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel uh, about their own naming rights. Now, if you realize or you look at anything Superman, both those guys' names are, are the co-creators. They've always have been. They've always had a good deal, um, and that started in 1940. Bob Kane got wind that they were going to get that deal and that they were going to be marked as creators. And so he thought he might strike when the iron's hot and get his. In negotiating that deal, Bill Finger was not at the table, and they gave him everything. Everything. Created by Bob Kane on movies, television series. It it didn't stop. It's in every uh, comic credit, too. Every comic credit. Yep. And uh, left Bill Finger pretty much penniless throughout most of his life. He didn't live as long as... Kirby or Stan Lee, died in 1974. Um, but his family has been ritualistically fighting Warner Brothers to get this credit for a real long time. So in, in many ways, it's not just such a victory for him. I mean, it's a victory for his family. He's been fighting for his estate for that long. Yeah. So it's crazy. But um, 
surprisingly enough that it's not as storied as the Lee versus Kirby thing. There's a little bit less drama in it, right? Way less drama because I don't think Bill actually ever really. He, I'm sure he cared. But he never really made waves about it. He still had a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was still getting credits on the, the writing aspect of certain things. Um, but I just don't think it was as big of a deal to him as it was to Kirby, who was really kind of a hothead. But at the same time, Bob Kane like really clung to the fact. I mean, he clung to this narrative that he made up, that he made up everything. You know yeah, what I mean? Like he was, he was very protective of that. Um, in the 60s, when Batman started to get really big and the TV show was in... Uh, and people started to kind of look back on this, and it was kind of brought up for the first time. Um, there was a letter that Kane wrote, and he called uh, Finger a liar when Finger was, you know, starting to be kind of recognized. He said he had hallucinations of grandeur. Uh, his evidence wasn't there. Uh, and he's like, and actually the evidence that he used was like, well, you know, if Bill Finger was this creative, it, you know, if he was responsible for creating as much, he would have a creator credit, right? Yeah, it's okay. like, well, no, because you screwed him out of getting one, yeah, dude. Yeah, because you didn't include him at the table. Yeah. And actually, the worst part about, you know, the fact that he's taking way more credit than he deserves is when he started to get closer to his death, uh, you know, he, he said that he would tell his wife, you know, ah, well, you know, maybe before Bill Finger died, I should have said something and, and given him the credit. Which, number one, okay, whatever. You can say that now because he's dead. Total cop-out. You never would have done that when he was alive. Total cop-out. And number two, he never really made this right. I have in front of me his tombstone, which actually he does give a co-credit for the creation of Batman, but it's not Bill Finger. Actually, it's God. Uh, so apparently him and God worked on this together. Let me just read this tombstone because it's it's really kind of sick, honestly. It makes him look like... I don't think the Joker is the biggest Batman supervillain. I think it's Bob Kane. And that's funny that you say that because we're going to bring that up here in a little bit too. Yeah. All right. Let me read this really quick though. God bestowed a dream upon Bob Kane. Blessed with divine inspiration and a rich imagination, Bob created a legacy known as Batman. Uh, uh. Introduced in a May 1939 comic book, Batman grew from a tiny acorn into an American icon. This is all on his tombstone? Yeah. Oh, it goes on. How what, what kind of fine like what are we talking about like twelve point font on the on it's the tombstone? Pretty, it's pretty thick actually. Like, Jesus, a hand of God creation. Batman and his world, his world personify the eternal struggle of good versus evil, with God lots prevailing in the end. <laughs> and I'm not making fun of the religious stuff. That's, oh no no that's no. not what I mean. No no no, we're not going there. I mean it is it is ridiculous, but we're not we're not going there at all. The fact that he had the audacity. I'm not done. Oh God. Bob Kane, Bruce Wayne, Batman. They are all one and the same. Yeah, okay. Bob infused his dual identity character with his own attributes, goodness, kindness, compassion, sensitivity, generosity, intelligence, integrity, courage, Uh, purity of spirit. Kelsey, do you have any Tylenol? A love for all mankind. Hold on, Pam, I need it. I gotta get the headache gone. Gee, wow. So the guy had the audacity. I'm not done. He's not done yet. It's not done. How, we, had, we stopped twice now, and he's still not done. Batman is known as the Dark Knight, but through his deeds, he walks in the light of a higher power, <sighs> as did his creator, Bob Kane, beloved husband, father, grandfather, in loving memory. So it's finally over now? It's over, yeah. It's finally over? Yeah. Yeah, let's put that to rest. That's uh, ridiculous, right? Wow. That's, um, that's bad. Where's, where's Bob Kane buried? Do you happen to know? Um, Does it say? I don't think so. No, I, I really, I really want to get like a squad of Batman fans to just you know hold some kind of terrible seance to bring him back, maybe punch him in the face. Yeah, he died in '98 too. 
Wow. So he didn't really get to see a lot of like the even bigger resurgence because Batman was kind of like dead around the 90s. Well, I mean, in 98, that's when uh, the movie that shall not be named <laughs> of our two characters yeah. came out. So, yeah, no, he definitely uh, watched the rise and fall at that point in time of Batman for sure. It's that's that's crazy. And you know, speaking back in the in the context of Lee versus Kirby, I just, despite all of their bickering and, and the the news and the trades and things like that, do you think that either one of them would even begin to do something like that? As bombastic as I said, Stanley was. I mean, they both had a mutual respect. They for had each a other. lot of respect for each other. They yeah. knew that they needed each other for what whatever it was worth, you know. But wow. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing where if you don't have one without the other. Lee and Kirby, it wouldn't be the same, but it also would still kind of exist in some way. Sure. If you didn't have Bill Finger, Batman wouldn't be Batman. No. No, you, you, I mean, cause I got it right up here. Like, he uh, he wrote about the backstory of murdered parents. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the, the most, the most like, essential piece to Batman wouldn't have been involved at all. entire motivation, yeah. Uh, he created Robin. He created Catwoman. He created the Penguin. He created the Riddler, Scarecrow, Gordon, Gotham City as a whole, Batman, uh, Batmobile, as you said earlier. The whole idea of a secret identity, the Dark Knight nickname, none of this was Bob Kane. And the guy's got it on his freaking tombstone. Yeah. That they're one and the same. Yeah. You don't even know the guy. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a Well, that was, that was profound, Kelsey. And as we can <laughs> see, uh, Mr. Finger definitely died a hero despite, you know, him going unrecognized. I mean, and if we're going to talk about supervillainry, if we're really, really going to get there to talk about supervillainry, uh, there's a picture of Bob Kane shaking hands with uh, Michael Keaton in Batman costume on the set. And I kid you not, I'm going to describe this. I'm going to show this to Malachi. I'm going to describe first. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Show after. He's wearing a a long white trench coat with a lapel uh, propped up, uh, about up to his ears. Uh, Some gold gold, uh, lame kind of... uh, Shirt going on with with some blue. He looks he looks like uh, Ebenezer Dark. Actually, it's kind of funny. So here you go, Malachi. Yeah, I'm going to show you this, this picture. I want your reaction as soon as you're oh done with this. Oh my god! Look at that. He look at that, kids. Like, he looks like some kind of evil Elvis figure. Oh yeah, he does. That's bad. He he's, looks like old Elvis. He's totally dressed as a supervillain. Yeah, yeah. Taking money, man. Robbing banks. Robbing coffers. Yeah. So the, there <laughs> that, you go. That collar is far too high. It's ridiculous. And Michael Keaton's just cheesing, like, who the hell is this guy? Well, he's dressed equally ridiculous. Well, he's in a Batman costume. costume, It's the first one, too. So it's just like, "Eh, I don't know if this is going to work out for us very well. (laughs) Right. You know? But, uh, yeah, so the whole guy's persona is just really, really ridiculous. We talked about Bill Finger dying in poverty. He wasn't getting any checks. They actually uh, manufactured a different name uh, to send Bill Finger's checks to. So that they that it was it was like this fake person that Bob Kane had created to get this into the payroll, and it was like, oh, sorry, we 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 made a mistake. What? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's there's all these different <laughs> examples of how just how the the douchery that was involved. Um, let's see, cracked got, dot com, uh, which I don't know if you visit Crack a lot. Like some of their stuff is really well developed. Some of it's really well researched. I, I think it used to be a little bit better. They're getting a little bit more clickbaity. It's a little little sloppy when you go through their five things or ten things, and they're just really kind of commonplace things that, like, dude, I knew that. Um, but they've got one up about five ways that Bob Kane is a dick, <laughs> um, that he screwed uh, the true creator out of his things. So some of those things we've talked about uh, already. But uh, yeah, what's uh, the last one was was really good. Um, 
he he revolutionized these comics, but so many people had never even heard of him. They went back. I mean, you can go back and find his name, but like that's and that's that's the biggest crime of all this, right? Mm-hmm. All these other guys, they get their they get their name in lights. Even Alan Moore, right? Alan Moore can can scream from the rooftops that DC screwed him out of money, that they screwed out you know out of his properties, but his name is is, is huge on all of those books. Everyone knows that Alan Moore created Watchmen. Everyone knows that Alan Moore created V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Finger lost lost in the uh, the din of obscurity, and that's really sad. It's really really sad, but yeah. I'm happy things are changing. And you know what, too, like these guys, they were on the, the ship really early. So the Batman that that you might love today is also, you know, Frank Miller's Batman, mm-hmm. and it's Christopher Nolan's Batman, and it's Scott Snyder's Batman, and it's you know. All of those guys, Denny, Mc- Denny, Denny O'Neill's, O'Neill's Batman, Batman, which is right. really iconic, you know. Yeah, so I mean, there's he's definitely. I mean, they've they've built this up over time, right? But all of those elements that are played with were directly created by him, by Finger. Yeah. So I mean, we I mean, you can definitely say it wouldn't be the same. Yeah, and it's and it's and it's a shame. It's a shame that uh, history was was trifled with so much. Um, don't you travel with Don't history. you travel with Bob Kane because he'll steal all your money and take your deal away. Yeah. Yeah. And then retroactively fix it on his gravestone. It's, it's weird, man. You know, you hear some of this stuff out of Marvel, but I mean, it's it's really kind of disgusting sometimes. Do you think this is partially DC's, DC's fault at all? It could be. I mean, you got to understand DC's track record. And that's what I was getting at. It's disgusting how many how many creators DC screwed out of uh, royalties, credits, all kinds of things. Um, it's really sad. And, it's, and it sucks because that's my favorite comic book company you know what i mean um some of the the best characters that i've read have been these kind of like weird back deals where people are getting shifted all the time i mean they can't even keep writers sometimes and artists because they're throwing them to the wind and it's yeah it's just uh it's too bad but i'm glad i'm glad that finally uh when i go to see batman vs superman i'm gonna see that up there now the question is how are they gonna do that you know are they gonna still do created by bob kane and then co-created by bill finger mm-hmm. are they gonna put their names together finally do you think they might make it a big deal and give it its own screen you know it, like it could maybe after all the credits run it probably waits for like two seconds and then you get a real big created by bill finger or co-created or whatever i'm assuming they're gonna do co-created credit right yeah yeah, yeah. So I don't know, maybe maybe they really acknowledge it that way. That would be kind of cool. That would be cool. I mean, it's just nice that his name's out there now, though. Yeah. You no. Know? And so I don't know which. Uh, I, I'm. I think the first episode of Gotham came out already for the season two. Yeah. I think, I think so. it's, it started a little earlier than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting story. I'll get back to that in a second. Uh, I, I waited patiently for a season to start, and guess what? It doesn't start in two weeks. I had a little watch party for the Flash, and uh, it was a rerun. That sucks. Yeah, I was kind of bummed out. Yeah, all my all my guests were just like, "What the crap, man!" You tricked us. We believed in you. Yes. What are we gonna do with all these chips and dips now? Just gonna have to eat them. Cry in our dip. Yeah. At the speed of light. But yeah, um, it's they they might they I mean I don't know how they're gonna do it on Gotham. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. I'll have to watch it. So I don't really watch it. Is he getting the credit on? Comic books too, ongoing. Mm-mm. No, no. The only ones that are are willing to do it right now are the bigger name properties. And what's really changed? Like, what kind of spurred this change on? You know, what the reasoning is? You know, the the built the what Finger happened? family has been fighting for this for a real long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the Schuster and Siegel family have been you know battling DC in court for many many years, forever, but, yeah. yeah, forever about the Superman stuff. Um, and I think these this family has been doing the same too. I think that there's a general consensus that the people who are manning Batman these days, you know, look at the movies, uh, you've got Zack Snyder, um, 
you know, Scott Snyder is really kind of like the new scion of Batman. He is, yeah. Um, I think these guys know their history, obviously. I mean, how could they not? They're creators. You know, they know this better than we do. Um, but I think they see an injustice, and I think that's why they wanted to do that. Um, you know, even Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns runs all their entertainment properties. Yeah. I'm sure he had a big deal into it. would be like, come on, we can do this. And Kane's been dead for for years, man. Yeah. You know, the family's not going to get all up in arms. They're not losing any royalty checks. I don't think there's a shift in the deal. Right. Um, as long as there's not a shift in the deal and it's just a credit. I mean, I don't know why there's that's that. That's what I'm curious deal. about. I w- I'm wondering if he will get to that point. What, he'll get his, his royalties? Yeah. Most likely not. That would take a lot of red tape on DC's part to kind of restructure that deal, restructure it with parties that they didn't originally sign it with. Yeah. You know, you'd be the families. They'd be trying to get negotiate and get more in. It wouldn't just be like a flat just shift. It would be tremendously complicated. So I don't see that happening at all. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, Mr. Finger, finally given WB the finger. What do you think about the state of Batman right now? I think the state of Batman is good. I think it's good in the comics, obviously. Um, Have you been keeping up with uh, with what's been going on? Well, with Snyder's, Snyder's books, in, yeah. in and out, in and out a little bit. It's it's interesting because um, I'm I'm backtracking. I'm backtracking on a lot of books right now. Yeah. Um, I'm doing the entire final, the whole crisis thing. I finally finished my infinite uh, crisis on Infinite Earth, so now I'm moving to Infinite Crisis. I did read Infinite Crisis when I was a little younger. Uh, Final Crisis I read out of context with everything, and it didn't make sense at all right? because Grant Morrison's a madman. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think things are going well. But, you know, the, the movie universe is what I think we have to really focus on because if, if things don't go well, this could just tank everything. And we've talked about this at length before, Yeah, you know. But um, I don't know. I've been really watching spoilers for Batman vs. Superman. I've been staying away from it. I've been trying to. There hasn't you know? really been anything that's come out recently that's been no anything. No, they're keeping so. their lips tight. And it's it's interesting. Like, I'll be spoiled for every other movie. I don't even care. Right. One little bit. But this is just something I'm not willing to touch. Kind of the same with the new Star Wars movie, too. I'm yeah. not trying to know anything about that. Well, it's interesting you say that, Malachi, because guess what uh, next Friday is? It's our Force Friday. Force Friday, second Force Friday. And we're going to talk about more Star Wars stuff. And I'm going to uh, try to piss off Malachi as much as I can by... Dropping little granules of spoilers Ooh, you mother. here and there without little warnings. You mean mother. He's going to punch me after the episode. Yeah. I hope I have a face. We'll see. I'm going to videotape it. Yeah. Yeah. The bloodbath. <laughs> First ever video. But uh, here we are at the end of our show. Malachi, do you have any uh, recommendations this week? I do. And I feel like I've wrecked this a couple of times, but I don't really care. Do it again. The latest issue is awesome. We're throwing it out there. But if you're not reading the ongoing uh, Star Wars right now, you're messing up, man. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff going on in that new Star Wars. Um, well, first, uh, Scott Emonen, which we talked about this a little bit before, but that dude is just insane. Like, yeah. the way he lays out pages and just, I don't know, like, his art design is awesome. Scott, we're willing to take you out on a very expensive date. Or, I'm sorry, Stuart. 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 Oh, yeah, you got the Snyder. Yeah, stuff. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he just kind of took over on the, the last two issues. So this is the second one doing. Star Wars number nine came out, mm-hmm. and in it, uh, Luke is taken prisoner by a hut but you know how the huts are usually like big fat this is this is not your average hut i i remember yeah this This hut is freaking jacked yo he's like (laughs) i'm so ripped yeah he's like they put in a bench press in uh the palace for sure like he's he's got like guns man he's roided up like big like fists this is a roided roided hut and he's got like a real thick like strong tail like an elephant trusk 
Yeah, it's, it's even bigger, man. It's like it's it's gargantuan. It's like almost the size of his body. And uh, and he's got like weird robot spider legs to move around on. Yeah, that um, I, I don't. He can't really slither. I don't get it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Awesome. Meanwhile, well, at the same time, uh, Han Solo has a secret wife that he didn't tell anyone about that's oof. also a smuggler. And she's what? trying to sell Princess Leia to the uh, Imperials. And that's, you know. There's all that going on. No, that's, that's a love triangle. Cool. Yeah. That we should we should dig into. Well, uh, yeah, that's great. I uh, I don't have any recs today. Life has been uh, moving fast, but I'm happy we got to do the show today. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're we're doing well on Facebook and Twitter. We're getting some likes, but guess what? We need more. To so if feed you can us to sustain us. Yes, feed us with likes. Each we, like is another hour of life for me and Ben. Yeah, yeah. We need to live, so keep us around. So like us at Raving Geeks on Twitter. And then just raving geeks on Facebook. We'll post stuff. We'll uh, we'll we'll joke. We'll laugh. We'll cry. We're gonna probably keep our new theme consistent at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Each how'd, week. You, how'd you guys like that music? That yeah, intro. Yeah. Let us know. It's pretty good. I liked it. It's pretty dope. It's it's gangster. Yeah. As long as we can be as gangster as we possibly can. Which isn't very. No. On time to time. Right. I think we'll be okay. Well, thank you very much again, Central Michigan University. Uh, as as always, I am Ben Salise, and this is. What was I this week? I was uh, Master Blaster. <laughs> Master Blaster. Thank you very much again. You can catch us on Fridays at the same bat time, same bat network. You can follow the latest from CM Life by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. Download our app and subscribe to CM Life podcast channel on iTunes. The print edition of CM Life is published Monday and Thursday and is distributed throughout campus and Mount Pleasant. Thank you for listening and supporting CM Life student media.